Have you ever wondered what Greenland sounds like? It sounds like this. You see, I, probably like many of you, am used to seeing pylons, telephone poles, aerials on roofs. Home for me is crowded streets filled with the sound of multiple languages and towering thin houses in the historic neighborhoods of Little Luxembourg. But here, I can see and hear vast amount of, well, nothing for miles. Right now, as I write the script in Nuke, the capital of Greenland, it's a Sunday evening. The sun has been shining all day, and I'm standing at the top of a hill overlooking the Old Harbour area. Surrounding me are these really unique looking buildings. They all have this similar traditional style, with white squared window frames and triangular shaped roofs, but in different colours. Deep reds, bold blues, bright yellows and fluorescent greens. I imagine when it's winter and this whole area is covered in white snow and ice, these houses would probably stand out for miles. So I guess you're wondering why I'm here and why would a place like this need satellites? That's what I've come to discover. How and why people live in remote corners of the planet. Places with names like Dasilak and Edokadomit. Please forgive my pronunciation. And yet, in reality, they, just like you and I, rely upon connectivity for education, medicine, business, and much more. Welcome to Satellite Stories and Greenland. I'm your host, Christina Smith-Meyer. Kuta, welcome to Greenland, the world's largest island, yet the least densely populated. Greenland has its own extensive local government, but it's also part of the realm of Denmark. The early Norse settlers like Eric the Red ironically named this island Greenland. Yet the majority of the people who call this vast space home, it's Kalalit Nunat, the land of Kalalit. And they are the reason we're visiting, to understand how much connectivity means to them and why a satellite company headquartered in the center of Europe partnered with TUSAS, Greenland's sole telecommunications provider. First, our journey starts in the capital, Nuuk, where we meet the locals and find out what it's really like living here. So come, join me as we meet the mayor of Nuuk. My name is Charlotte Lewisen and uh, I'm the mayor here in Somers, Commonwealth Somers. Greenland is a very large country and uh, we have a uh, lot of uh, villages and cities uh, which are very far from each other and it's not easy just to travel a car to another city here. 
So uh, we have to take a boat or a fly uh, to get there. So that's why here in Greenland it's very important to have a connection to other cities by internet. When, when you live in the small villages, uh, it's very isolated. You don't have uh, access to, to see a doctor or to, just to take education if you want. You have to move to another city uh, to have uh, health care, uh, doctors, or have the opportunity to take education. So it's very, very difficult for them to live in very isolated uh, cities, uh, villages, because there's they don't have the same uh, yeah, opportunities. In East Queensland, in Tesilag, in the villages uh, near Tesilag, and in Itokotamut, it's very isolated and it's very far from the west coast. So they don't have the opportunities uh, like us. Um, it's very difficult to travel there, that you have to fly to Kulusuk, or, or when you are going to Itokotomir, then you have to fly to Nothrik Inet and take a helicopter to the cities. We are very dependent on the weather over there, so yeah, that's why it's very important that we have uh, the internet over there that's working and uh, that we make it more urban and make them feel that they are part of this uh, community, uh, the rest of the world. I will say that uh, we know that the technology and internet is our future. We have to have a better healthcare, a better education, and better workplaces here. We Queenlandic people are very close to the nature. I think that our culture and identity is very strong enough to uh, survive. And I think that we have so much to offer to the rest of the world. I'm very proud of the woman. <laughs>There was a big difference in the, the connectivity. <laughs> when I was uh, holding a meeting in the Zilag, we spoke together, then disconnect. Dialing again, are you ready again? Yes, we are ready. And it took quite a while <laughs> to get prepared to, for the meetings. 
now we can stream uh, films with no <laughs> interruption and of course our youth are always on the mobile phone and see YouTube and we can see our football game in Premier League and I'm a massive United fan so <laughs> I'm following them I'm very pleased that Ronaldo is back no but again the opportunity the internet give us we are very pleased with that in healthcare telemedicine as we call it up here it's very good to diagnose directly what is the problem with this patient. The doctor can see it on the screen and say immediately, you have to come and be examined here. You have, or you can stay at home and we send you some pills. So it's very good also to, to keep people at their home, at the safe place and can be with the family. <laughs> and so now we've got a flavour of this incredible landscape and the people who live here. We can start to fathom just how remote and how big this country is. Perhaps it's time we hear how SES and TUSAS came together. The best people to do this are my colleague Mark Bieberick, our portfolio segment marketing lead, and Christian Davidson, Chief Executive Officer at TUSAS. Mark, can you tell us where we are right now? You have a beautiful view behind you and there seems to be a strange looking snowball behind you. Can you explain where we are and what we're looking at here? We are in Nuuk, uh, the capital of Greenland, and behind me here is a radome that houses a satellite antenna. Uh, satellite provides uh, key communications infrastructure here in Greenland. If I look around to my left, I see uh, light falling um, just beautifully on the sea. You know, I see clouds coming over uh, the mountains behind me. Uh, I see the snow caps on the mountains. I see floating icebergs. Uh, these are all things that uh, I don't see every day uh, back where I'm from. Um, so you really get an appreciation of just the, the natural beauty, uh, the, the peacefulness of Greenland uh, and the, the inspiration that it brings to so many people. There are 44,000 kilometers of coastline here in Greenland, and the population centers are you know, distributed throughout that coastline. Uh, there's only 56,000 people. All of the communities are not interconnected through roads. They need connectivity in order to communicate with loved ones, uh, to conduct their business, to conduct research, or maybe to get a diagnosis from a telehealth official. So connecting people in remote places is critically important to their standard of living and to their ability to be productive citizens here. So what kind of infrastructure do they use? Here in Nuuk, the population is connected through uh, undersea cable, uh, fiber optic undersea cable, uh, but in many other places throughout Greenland, uh, satellite provides the primary communications infrastructure for the populations that live there. So walk me through the benefit of satellite as an infrastructure over maybe sea cables. 
Well, satellite provides a number of distinct advantages to provide services here in Greenland and many other remote parts of the world. Uh, first of all, uh, the cost of providing fiber infrastructure is extremely high, so it's very difficult to get a return on investment if there aren't enough people uh, to justify the cost. Uh, but with satellite, you can deploy the infrastructure very quickly and easily and turn up services far faster. Uh, so that's a key advantage that uh, satellite has. Satellite also provides uh, a great resiliency mechanism to other infrastructure. Uh, when there is a failure, um, satellite can provide a key secondary backup uh, solution. Uh, so where SES has come in is to provide the design and the network expertise using satellite technology to enable enough bandwidth and the right levels of reliability uh, to deliver those services that are so important to those populations. Uh, and uh, just to check in, you know, occasionally or every month or so with our experts and uh, talk about, you know, whether or not it's time to uh, increase capacity or to, um, you know, try to maximize the throughput uh, and the overall performance of the satellite link. There was also some work that was going on on the ground in, in like Dasilak, for instance, right? Can you just explain what was built and how that sort of fits together with the satellite in space? Yeah, so in Dasilak, uh, we built a ground station uh, in collaboration. Uh, we put together, you know, all of the uh, antenna and modem technologies that are required uh, to connect to NSS-10, which is the satellite that supports uh, that community. And uh, from there, uh, the antenna connects to uh, the wireless infrastructure in Dasilak and the rest of the communities we serve in eastern Greenland. Uh, but really, the solution is all about uh, what we refer to as digital inclusion. Uh, what we're aiming to do in collaboration is to provide services provide services to the communities of Eastern Greenland that enable them to uh, raise their standard of living, uh, to enable them to conduct business, do research, uh, connect to loved ones in other parts of Greenland and throughout the world. Can you give me a contrast of what maybe connectivity in a place like Dasilak was like before the new solution was implemented? Right, well, one of our goals uh, in providing services to the eastern coast of Greenland and the communities there is to give them the level of robustness and connectivity that's enjoyed here in, in Nuuk, for example, uh, which of course is served by uh, subsea cable. So over the past few years, uh, high-throughput satellite has enabled communities like that of Dasilak, for example, to enjoy services like uh, streaming, uh, connecting to the cloud even. Prior to that, you really just had the very basics of connectivity. In fact, you know, one of our customers was telling us how they, much of the community would go to a particular internet cafe and have to contend for even just the most basic email services. Uh, but now people can be in their homes and uh, watch the Premier League or FaceTime with their families in other parts of the country. Uh, so uh, the, the level of connectivity is increasing, and as a result, the standard of living of these communities is rising. You know, looking toward the future, uh, SES is investing in the next generation of geostationary and middle-earth orbit satellites, uh, so we are really pushing the envelope with respect to the levels of throughput and performance and reliability that we can supply with satellite technologies, uh, so that as 
the population here in Greenland uses cloud-based services and uses more advanced applications, uh, we can support them and their growth. And as more investment comes into Greenland, investment in a variety of different sectors, whether it's mining or the maritime sector, uh, we've met a number of business owners. There's a lot of entrepreneurship here in Greenland, a lot of creative people uh, looking to launch new businesses. That's all going to require more bandwidth, more throughput, better performance, better connectivity to cloud-based applications. My name is uh, Christian Davidsen and I am the CEO of the telecommunication and postal company in Greenland. The main challenge if we, if we take telecommunication services is that um, that the inhabitants in, in Greenland they expect the same type of services as they have in, in, in Europe. And if you take the cities in Europe you can have very good broadband services and it's it's very easy to su supply and connect people in, in those cities if you take London, Copenhagen or, or, or where you are. In, in, in Greenland it's completely different. So the main challenge is to be able to provide and to connect people uh, and give them a service that is almost as good as a service in Copenhagen, for instance, or in Paris or London. Our pressure is that uh, we need more bandwidth. People don't accept that you have a communication service that uh, works uh, sometimes, uh, then it doesn't work. So it, it needs to be a stable service that is reliable. And to do that, to make that possible, is not easy in a country like the Greenland. So you paired up with SES. Can you tell us a little bit about when you started having that conversation? What were you looking to do exactly? Um, when you connect the different cities in Greenland, uh, there are different ways of doing that. One way of doing it is to connect the different cities with uh, sea cable or optical fibers. If you are uh, remote, then you can connect with microwaves. But for the cities that are really remote, then you need good satellite communication services. There you need a reliable partner. Uh, and the aim was to uh, find a satellite partner that could provide good and reliable service to a price that is somehow is considered as fair to the customers. We partnered up with SES, signed the contract, and then the aim was to uh, build a, a new earth station in Tasilak, which is um, in East Greenland. And uh, when that was done, we connected to the SES satellite. Uh, and after that, the, our customers experienced that for the first time they were just with flat rate. Um, uh, that doesn't maybe sound very fancy if you are in a European city, but in Eastern Greenland, where they have had very slow connections to extremely high prices, uh, that was really a game changer. So the partnership meant really a lot to the customers in East Greenland. Uh, 
Christian, I have to ask, you've been in the telecommunications industry for over 25 years. So you must really enjoy it and you must have some kind of drive as to why you want to stay in this industry. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, why do you get up and get, get out of bed in the morning and, you know, feel excited about going to work? What is it that drives you? Um, it is uh, important for me to uh, make a difference to uh, the inhabitants in the country I work in. So, uh, of course, it is important for the shareholders that uh, the company is, um, the, makes the necessary money. But actually what drives me is to make a difference to, um, to the customer. And in terms of uh, making a difference, we really need uh, vendors and partners that we can rely on. And it is quite essential when you work in a small telecommunication company that you have vendors that really put priority on small uh, operators. And um, our experience is so far that uh, SES has been a very uh, customer focused supplier or vendor. You know it's funny when I hear you talk you sound a lot like our CEO Steve Collar. You both have, you both care very deeply about the same thing. So if we look to the future a little bit, what do you see happening? For sure we need good telecommunication services in, in the future also. Uh, the customers, when they now have good uh, services in Tasilak, then we are sure that next year what they have today will not be good enough. They want some, something better. So it is uh, very important that SES, together with Greenland, can somehow grow together in this market also to be able to provide better services to the customers uh, every year. Back in the capital of Nuuk, the evening's entertainment begins. People gather at home after work with loved ones for coffee and catch-ups, they pop on the TV to check out the day's news or sports, or simply video reconnect with their friends and family from afar via FaceTime. This is a quality of life that the country's government want for all of its people. Let's return to my conversation with Justus. Politician Justus reminds us it's not just about servicing those with higher incomes or just the capital. Remember, he works on the other side of the country from where his family lives something which meant he used to miss out on family celebrations, but not anymore. We do that on the Facebook live streaming from the, from the birthday parties, or we call it Kaffemik here in Greenland, Kaffemik. It's, uh, it's bring me closer to home in hard times because I have missed quite a lot of birthdays with my children and other festivities with the family and friends. So yeah, that helps me quite a lot. To believe in our youth can also be a part of developing our society because again, the connectivity outside world helps our youth to know better things. Not only their little life in little town in the Sila, but there's a big world out there have a lot of opportunities. It's very positive to give 
all people of Greenland equal opportunities as the people in the rest of the world. As the shop signs switch from open to closed on the single high street of Nuuk, the smell of fresh bread at the nearby bakery fades and the fishermen pack their nets away, ready for an early start tomorrow. There's a quaint little cafe to the left where families, friends and couples are sitting together to enjoy their cups of coffees and teas. They face the water with their noses pointing towards that gorgeous sun that is slowly starting to set. Just creeping over those mountains ahead is a blanket of really fluffy-looking fog. Dramatic-looking, but also kind of cosy. It's so easy to forget about time when you look at a view like this. You breathe in that really fresh, clean Arctic air. The sky turns from shades of blues and oranges to reds. And before you know it, an hour has passed. And you haven't even moved an inch. And neither did my wonder at how the people of Greenland are looking to be connected for the same reasons as you and I. Something I found surprising. Down by the beach, my colleague Mark and I look out at the landscape that surrounds us. And we share a moment of gratitude. Being in Greenland has been an experience of a lifetime. I never thought that I would be uh, in Greenland, uh, but here we are standing on this beautiful beach with such a majestic backdrop. Uh, and I've really enjoyed getting to know uh, the people here in Nuuk. Uh, we've had a chance to meet uh, government officials, students, uh, artists, local business people, uh, and it's just been an amazing experience to see the resourcefulness of the people uh, and their kindness, their generosity of spirit. Uh, it's been inspiring. Uh, so. To see how people live here and to appreciate their surroundings. Uh, even though they live in harsh conditions much of the year around, uh, their attitude, their spirits are high. I think they know that uh, the potential of Greenland is limitless. And it, connectivity plays a key role in that. Uh, to be able to connect them to not just other communities within Greenland, but to connect them to the world. Uh, they want to be connected to the world. They want to show uh, the great qualities of Greenland, to show uh, what it means to be uh, Greenlandic. Uh, and that's a very special thing, and more people should uh, be able to experience it. Connecting the unconnected. Whether it's education, economy, work, health, or preserving our heritage. Staying connected should be a right for everyone and anyone, regardless of their geographical location or affluence. So it feels good to know for Charlotte and Nuke, and Eustace's family in Dasilag, that the work SES has done together with TUSAS is actually making a difference. And hopefully a difference that'll mean their stories and their culture will be shared via satellite for centuries to come. Next on Satellite Stories, we'll be meeting a teacher, an artist and an Arctic navigator, all of whom share their story of how they work and live in Greenland. 
Do follow our series to make sure you're notified the moment the next episode is released. And for more about what we do, visit ses.com. <laughs>